You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. All right. Good day. Good morning. Hello, and welcome to Morning Breath. I am Pastor Brian Moore. I'm one of the pastors here at East Coast Christian Center, and we are the people who do this thing called Morning Breath. And so I get the opportunity to look at the Word today uh, with a couple other folks in the, uh, in the studio with me, one of my favorite um, people, and my favorite person is sitting across the table from me, and uh, my wife, Emily, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning. I'm awesome. happy to hear I'm your favoritist. Your favoritist. You're my favoritist. And uh, another favorite person, uh, we got Nick over here on the studio board, making it all happen, hope, making keeping us in line so we get it all together and we do it right. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. Right on. So we're in Luke chapter 23 today. Honey, can you tell them how to get on board with the show, like how this all works? Absolutely. You can uh, download the East Coast app or you can go to eccc.us so that you can get information, learn about East Coast events. You can get past sermons from there. You can get past morning breath episodes from there. Um, East Coast is also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're all over the place. Or you can call the church office at 321-452-1060, and we can email you the Morning Breath Guide, um, or we can snail mail it to you with uh, more information about East Coast as well. Yeah, and this show is all about getting in the Word of God. So we're going to open up a chapter of the Word of God today. We're going to read it um, on the air here uh, together, and then we're going to just talk about what God breathed on as we read the chapter in our preparation um, for this. We don't prepare a message. We just prepare our hearts, we say. And so what we want to do is we want to just read through and kind of scope out, you know, what maybe God would breathe on today as we do this. And so uh, one other thing that uh, we want to touch on, and we're you know, we're, we're in a season right now where people are coming back to church, and it's awesome. It's exciting to see people come back and be a part of the local church. And I would just encourage you, if you're out there and it's been a little while, man, it, it is great to be connected to a show yeah, like this is. where you get the Word of God. But, man, it's so much better to worship together with Amen. people beside you. Um, I've I've walked into some environments recently and just gone, man, this feels good. Like, it feels good to be together. It's be good yeah. to be with p- other people doing this. And so um, we are better when we're together. And so I would just encourage you, if you've been out there and you feel a little lonely, you feel a little separated, and you maybe even a little timid to go, you know what, I don't know what that'll feel like. Or I might feel, like, ashamed that I haven't been back to church in however long. You know what? Lay all that down. All those are lies from the enemy. And God wants Amen. you to in community and wants you close. And so come on back. Get in, the, get in the Church of God's Choice, whether that's here at East Coast, we'd love to have you at one of our campuses. We do church across our community, multiple campuses, or the church that you were attending before. And just go back. Just go back and get on board and, uh, you know, press in and, and go for it. And, you know, God will do some incredible stuff. So anyway, let's let's go for it in the Word of God here. We're in Luke 23. I have the uh, New American Standard, yeah. and I see 56 verses. So um, how about if you get me started it looks like uh, in 28, it starts out with Jesus um, turning to them and saying, so I'll read through 27. You pick it up in 28. Sounds good. I must say unto you, my husband, read Seth. All right. Jesus before Pilate is what it says here. Uh, Luke 23. Uh, then the whole body of, of them got up and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ a king. So Pilate asked him, saying, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. Then Pilate uh, said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man, but they kept on insisting, saying he stirs up the people, teaching all over Judea, starting from Galilee even as far as this place. When Pilate heard it, he asked whether this man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was in Jerusalem at the time. So Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus. 
for he had wanted to see him for a long time because he had been hearing about him and was hoping to see some sign performed by him. And he questioned him at some length, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes were standing there accusing him vehemently. And Herod with his soldiers, after treating him with contempt and mocking him, dressed him in a gorgeous or yeah, in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. Now Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that very day, for they uh, for before they had been enemies with each other. Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, You brought this man to me as one who who incites the people to rebellion, and behold, having examined him before you, I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you made against him. No, nor his nor has Herod, for he sent him back to us, and behold, nothing deserving death has been done by him. Therefore I will punish him and release him. Now he was obliged to release them at the feast one or release to them at the feast one prisoner. But they cried out altogether, saying, Away with this man, and release for us Barabbas. He was one who had been thrown into prison for insurrection made in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them, saying, But they kept on calling out, saying, Crucify, crucify him. And he said to them the third time, Why, what evil has this man done? I have found in him no guilt, demanding death. Therefore I will punish him and release him. But they were insistent, with loud voices, asking that he be crucified, And their voices began to prevail, and Pilate pronounced sentence that their demand be granted. And he released the man that they were asking for, who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, but he delivered Jesus to their will. Verse 26, when they they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, coming in from the country and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. And following him was a large crowd of people and and of women who were mourning and lamenting him. Verse 28, go ahead. Verse 28 in the New King James Version. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and the breast which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, they crucified him and the criminals, one on the left hand and the other on the right. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. Then the soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged hanged, blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. 
And the whole crowd who came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and deed. He was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock, where no one had ever lain before. That day was the preparation... And the Sabbath drew near, and the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, so this chapter, if we don't have this chapter, we don't have a whole lot of what we believe today as Christians, right? And so there's a lot in here about the crucifixion. There's a lot of the trial. There's a lot to be said really about, you know, the kind of the process of Jesus um, who lived a sinless life being accused of all sorts of things. And then his response, I mean, there's a lot going on in here. I really, you know, what stuck out to me, and it it really doesn't speak to the crucifixion or to much of that um, kind of, you know, trial piece, but I, I noticed in this chapter, there are a bunch of people who were serving Jesus in pretty ridiculous capacities, whether it's Joseph of Arimathea, the guy who actually said, hey, how about, can you, would you use my tomb? Could I get the body and he'd be buried in my tomb? Or the guy yeah. who carried a cross, you know, or you, the, the women who anointed him with spices. I mean, we could look through this chapter and just see one thing after another that maybe seemed like a very obscure way to be serving Jesus. And I just thought, I wonder, I think about the people who serve Jesus today in all sorts of places on this planet that are doing things that are just supernatural, but yeah. seems so normal or maybe even to them or maybe obscure to some of us. You know, I've been around the planet a little bit and on some missions trips and I see people that are feeding kids in, you know, obscure rural places that nobody sees. Like this this tomb, Joseph Arimathea is mentioned in scripture. Like we have that, right? But think about the people who are doing some radical things. Like we have some friends that are, you know, that are literally on the other side of the planet that are doing things in Africa today and just loving people well. And I think about the bigness of the moments of some of these seemingly, oh, that's just part of that story. They were massive sacrifices for people to say, you know what, I'm going to go and do that for Jesus. And what does that look like today? What what is it that we could be doing for Jesus that seems maybe even a bit obscure or, or redundant even, or just what we do, or it's just that thing that becomes so just average and it doesn't really feel like it's really, you know, you're not being seen maybe, but yeah. man, these guys weren't being seen all the time and they just continued to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible to think of of things that you they just got pulled in to do this thing or Joseph um, laying in a tomb. It probably felt so final to him that he's laying his Lord in the tomb and laying him to rest in his mind maybe for the last time. And the significance of the holiness of that moment that he probably had no idea the gravity of it and that here we are a couple thousand years later reading about this act that he did that he didn't know um, the significance of it. And so many things that we do that we don't know the significance of. We might even think, well, I'm just doing this thing for the for the last, you know, I'm putting this this thing to bed. I'm I'm laying this thing down or I'm trying to finish this thing well. And it's just um, paving the way for the new beginning of something else. We just don't understand the gravity of our obedience and the, the things that we do for Jesus. 
You know, I remember a couple of years ago, Pastor Dan saying uh, something to that effect of that we don't recognize the bigness of the moment while we're in it. You know, we miss the opportunity in the moment to actually understand the bigness of that moment. I think about when I literally I walked in this building to record the show this morning. There were people out there setting out cones to feed our community. Like there, we have a food pantry here at East Coast Christian Center that feeds, I, I believe, the numbers over a million pounds of food over the last I don't know how long. Like it's it's a ridiculous amount of food over the last several years. I mean, we've had a food pantry for twenty plus years here at East Coast, and yeah. um, there are hundreds of people who have just put groceries in a bag for someone, who have just delivered groceries into a trunk of a car, who have set out cones so that the flow of traffic will work, so that people can be blessed and loved well. And I just think there are so many people who are serving in capacities that you might feel unnoticed today. You might think I'm insignificant. You are not insignificant. You, yeah. What you do matters. God sees it. God sees the moment that Nick's over here pushing a fader right now. It's getting the word of God out all over the stinking world right now. Like yeah. it seems maybe insignificant to go, yeah, it's another radio show. No, it's not. This is not just another radio. This is somebody's life that will forever be transformed, that will ever forever be encouraged because what they are doing matters. And we all can get into that grind a bit of just doing what we do. I'm going to go to church this weekend. And I encourage you guys to come back if you haven't been back to church in a while. You know what? Going to church is not just going to church. Yeah. We get to celebrate our Savior. We get to celebrate a risen Savior that's transforming lives. And we get to do it together. We get to do it in a community of believers that are passionate. There are people that are hiding to be able to do that. There are people that never get out and do these things. And you think, man, we get to do this. Like we try to say that around here at East Coast a lot. That, can you believe we get to do this, right? Because we sometimes lose sight of how big the moment is. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss the moment. I don't want to miss the opportunity to to recognize the bigness of God in, in moments. But you know what? We have to continue to renew our mind to the truth that, hey, these moments matter, that every everything is significant, that your mom at home and you're just raising kids and you're just changing diapers. We've been through seasons, all sorts of seasons in our yeah. marriage and our family, and we could feel a lot of different things about the season. But you know what? The season that we're reading about in this chapter was one of the greatest moments. Like history led up to this, and history looks back to this chapter right here. Luke 23 looks is is the place where, you know, Jesus in his pain and in his agony and his suffering says a moment, just a few words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so massive. Like these yeah. there's so much that's going on here that's massive that we just could miss, and I don't want to miss it. Yeah. I think it's incredible how these massive things are I was kind of wowed by the fact that something so massive can occur as a result of someone being selfless. Like I was really, I felt like um, the Lord asked me to read through this chapter through the lens of selflessness because um, we see selflessness in Jesus here through his whole life. And it's, he cannot be selfish. He, he's the perfect spotless lamb of God. He was a gentle lamb. He went to the cross and he died as a gentle lamb of God. He was slain as a lamb of God from the foundation of the world. And we see selflessness and it's so counterintuitive because in our culture and in most cultures, the way you accomplish something significant is by looking out for number one. You climb that ladder, you get that promotion, you you do the things so that you can, and it might be with, you know, even some noble intentions of, I'm going to climb this ladder to do this thing to defend the poor or to do, you know, whatever. But here we see Jesus who is literally saving the world by laying down his life. It's absolutely counterintuitive. 
Yeah, the the exact opposite of selflessness is all over this chapter as well, where people are yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Like they wanted something out of like out of Barabbas, the other one to be released, or there was some selfish desires on their own behalf yelling. And even in the face of their leader who's going, I've found no guilt here, they just continue to pound the the voice of 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 quote unquote selfishness of going, Judd, we want it, we want kill him, kill him, take him out, you know? Yeah. You think of the the potential number of voices that we have assaulting us in our daily life, you know, and you think, oh man, like this is a big leadership moment here, like where we have a leader leader of a nation basically, or a part of a nation at least, who is going, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do what they want me to do instead of what I feel like is the right thing to do. And God used that, like out of their selfishness, God used the ability to send a savior for us, which... That's hard to get your head around, I think. Like, yeah. at least it's hard for me to go, hey, in their rebellion, in their sinful act of selfishness, God was actually orchestrating through that salvation for all of us and for them even. In their selfishness, he was orchestrating salvation for them if they would just receive the Savior, which is just way bigger than our head can actually comprehend. Oh, yeah. The things that the enemy means for bad, God can absolutely turn it around for his glory. I think about how... For myself, like in verse 2, where um, we see Jesus being falsely accused. I mean, the accusation, and and sometimes we might be slandered or gossiped about or whatever, and I... Never. Might, no, never. Come on. We're perfect. Nobody ever would think Everybody anything Everybody loves about Emily. Us. Yeah, there we go. Um, but... Not everybody loves Emily all the time. Oh. And I ask myself, what if I don't defend myself? I might get walked on. I might become a doormat. I might lose my reputation. I might. These are just real things, yeah. real human nature things that go through our minds. And we see what Jesus does. He wasn't just accused or gossiped about or slandered. He was being falsely accused and about to be put to yeah. death for this. And I think about when when there's something going on and I feel the need to defend myself. I feel the need to defend my reputation. I feel the need to justify myself in the eyes of other people. And my life isn't even on the line. Like Jesus' life was on the line. And to see the example that he led with of this incredible leadership model of total selflessness of God is his defense. He doesn't need to defend himself. He has nothing to prove. He doesn't need to protect his reputation. And it's an incredible challenge to me to go, I don't need to defend myself. If I'm gossiped about, I don't need to say anything about it. I can just trust that God is going to defend me. And just imagine the things that God can do through selflessness like that. We just cannot imagine the things that God can do through that. And I don't, I mean, we can see clearly after the fact all the things that were accomplished through Jesus that way. But in our own lives, can I think, okay, right now I'm being gossiped about. What if I don't defend myself? What good is going to come from this? I can't see the immediate good that's going to come from it. But I do know that even through somebody else's selfishness, that God can do a work in my own heart. God can expose pride in my heart. Why do I need to defend myself? Because I'm prideful. That's why I feel the need to defend myself. And even as, like you were saying, through somebody else's selfishness um, or through Pilate, you know, listening to the crowd and not doing the right thing, how God even worked in that situation and, and saved the world through that. God can do incredible things in my heart, even through somebody else's selfishness, if I'm willing to be godly and selfless about it. Wow. I, the, I guess the ultimate for me in this story is he's hanging on a cross and he's been all the things betrayed. He's been all, all the, 
You know, all the words have been said about him. He's been beaten and battered. I mean, his skin is literally like ripped off, right? Like just, yeah. he's, he's just been mocked the whole thing. And in the midst of that, he goes, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Like yeah. you think about all the things that could be said about you, all the things that could be done to you. You think about all the things that could be so wrong in our world and in our lives. And yet Jesus could just ooze, literally ooze out of him. Like in his last breath, so he's going, Father, forgive him. Like just offering again to go, I'm going to I'm going to offer what I have to offer one more time as an act of love and passion and going, hey, I love these people even when they don't know what they're doing to me. I love them and, Father, forgive them. Like, like God, give them grace one more time. You know, yeah. like you think about how we could do that in our own lives where we could have a chip on our shoulder and carry that hurt or carry that bitterness or carry that thing, or we can go just release them. He is literally releasing them to, the, to Father God and going, hey, God, forgive them. Like, I'm letting go. I'm not hanging on to it. I'm not going to do that. And that is not easy to do. Like, I recognize that people have been hurt. I recognize that people have been ripped off, and which I, I can't stand when somebody rips me off or when I see someone else getting ripped off. There's so many hurts and so many things that we can get snagged in. And yet Jesus was snagged or nailed to a cross and yet could do that. What a great example for us. What a great, you know, some great insight maybe today that if we could just walk this out and go, Father, forgive him. Just like, just... Lord, you do it. You do it. Yeah. I don't even have the capacity. Like he, he is literally asking God, the Father, to forgive them. How many times could we just go? I don't have it in me, God. I don't have it in me to forgive them. But Lord, do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Only you can do, God. Do yeah. it. Only you're capable of. Like work on their heart. Get get to their heart. He's got the key to every one of those hearts. He's he got does. the key, and he can speak. You feel like you're going to get walked on. You feel like you're, you know, oh, I'm just over here silently suffering. You know what? God is able. He is able to do a work in somebody else's heart on your behalf and bring reconciliation. You know, you might be believing for a kid who's far off today. You might be out there going, man, I just wish my kid would call me today. Or I guess I wish I would just be able to see my grandkids again, or I'd be able to see my brother, my sister, my neighbor, my whatever. You know what? Give it over to God. Like, just release it to God and let God do it. He's actually better at it than we are. He's the creator of the universe. He's the He's the one who has answers to all the questions. He's the one who has, you know, wisdom, you know, literally that he'll pour out liberally to us. Let God do it. Let him show you, you know, what's possible. Let him show you that he is able. He is bigger. He's greater than. Amen. He is the greatest force in the universe through love. He wants to do it. He wants it more than you want it, more than I want it, more than we could ever comb up enough strength to do it. Like, he is able. And so can we just entrust can we just entrust people to God? Can you just let people go? And that might be hard for you as a parent to just let your kid go a little bit like that and let God do it, but he's able and I keep saying that over and over. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us.
Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Over to you. Okay. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. All right. I think Emily's got a final thought for us. Absolutely. Help us. What yeah. do you got? I was kind of considering how I think it, we could uh, we could define this as Jesus, at least in his flesh, it was his darkest hour. It yeah. was, it was a, a point of incredible, like, out of this world, physical pain and torture. He was mocked. He was, everything about him was being assaulted, absolutely assaulted. He was in his darkest hour. And I think about how he was still focused on others. He was others focused. We can see it in, in verse 28 where he, it says, but Jesus turning to them said, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. He was thinking about them in his darkest hour. And I think about for myself when, I've been in a difficult situation when I've when my best friend passed away in a car accident how I just collapsed in grief and and how much it rattled my world how I think back to my darkest hours and how how significant 
those things seemed to me at the time. And I was entirely wrapped up in myself and my own grief and my own pain and, and all those things. But I think there is so much power in selflessness. There is so much power in Jesus being able to live through us in those moments that even in your darkest hour or in my darkest hour, I can turn my eyes on Jesus and go, God, who's around me that I need to reach? Who's around me that you have um, me to say something to? How can I be others focused even in my trials? Yeah, it's pretty cool that even the even the Roman officer who watching all this gets saved, he actually goes, surely Powerful. this guy was innocent. Like he worshiped God, it says, let's do that. Let's be people who draw others to Christ. Amen. You guys have a great week. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.